0: And welcome to my new podcast, Blurt It Baby. I keep saying new, but we're actually on episode six now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing as well. It's so lovely to have you on board listening to this. In this podcast, if you haven't heard it yet, I talk to some of my closest friends about their real experience of motherhood and what to actually expect. Real talk for real mums, a little bit cliche, and to be honest, to really go there, it's not easy. We all know having a baby is a true blessing, but what I've learned from my friends is how hard it is for them to be that honest in front of others without people thinking that they don't love their babies. So for their sake, I wanted to create a little bubble where they can reflect on their own journey of mumhood without being judged. The good, the bad, the ugly. Now, on this episode, um, I'm very honoured to welcome and talk to my friend Anna, who actually herself is about, I want to say, 30 weeks pregnant. Are 30, 31?
1: Uh, yeah, about 30, 31 weeks. Yeah. 31 weeks pregnant.
0: Um, but so happens to be a midwife as well, which is an absolute bonus for me. Um, so let's start, like, we'll come on to the fact that you're a midwife and, and about that, because actually the purpose of you kind of doing this podcast today is is almost to like offer like some advice as well from what's previously been said um but let's start with your pregnancy journey because I think this is actually really important um and you know even more so that you're a midwife because in all the books and stuff they kind of say your first trimester is that like nauseous Tired stage, and then there's loads of things in trimester two where it's like you'll glow and you'll have loads of energy, and 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 look at your skin and your hair. Um, but that doesn't always happen, and actually, that's something that you yourself found that you didn't have any. Well, you haven't had a glowy kind of stage.
1: I have not. (laughs) No, I was very excited about it because you know a lot a lot of women that I see actually are glowy and happy and beautiful and you know, they're really like yeah glowing and you know you obviously you do get people that are like oh um yeah I'm not feeling great with morning sickness and I'll be like oh have you tried this or have you tried that and I think when I was planning this pregnancy you know I had my Pinterest board of my nice maternity outfits and I was like this is going to be great I'm going to have a little bump it's going to be so cute and to be honest it's been bloody awful, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and to be honest, it's not it's not
0: something like you hear like birth stories that aren't always the most beautiful of stories. But and you hear like you're tired or you might be swollen, but actually you you had sickness for a really long time, and, and a lo- you know you're a lot a very uncomfortable to the point where um, you felt really
1: low. Yeah, yeah. I was I mean I think that I was just a bit unlucky because I think normally with morning sickness, which does last all day, um, they say that it should subside around fourteen to sixteen weeks and I had it up to twenty weeks, but to the point that I was throwing up about, you know, four or five times a day. Yeah. When I wasn't being sick, I thought I was going to be sick. And I think it really affected my mental health because, you know, I'd just sit there and cry and just be like, I've never felt so awful in my whole life. Um, and you can't, you know, you can't really complain about it. Exactly because Exactly. what, Yeah. Good reason but also you know up to 20 weeks that's that's a long time to feel really rubbish every single day
0: yeah because that that's the thing and it's it's um it's good that you said that because you don't actually hear a lot of women talk about the downside of pregnancy and i have another friend actually who felt really depressed like said i you know i actually had to seek out help because i suppose you can't really talk about it that much because it's such a blessing to be pregnant and you have to be aware obviously that it's devastating for some people that find it so hard to, to be pregnant. So, I mean, did you, were you able to talk to many people about it or did you find that you just almost felt guilty, you know? Yeah. I
1: mean, I, I, I felt really guilty. And, um, I think especially because I've got, I've got quite a few friends having IVF. Yeah. can't talk to them about it at all through, you know, no thought of their own, but I don't want to be insensitive. Like, I, I can't sit here and complain about something that other people are, are praying so hard for. Um, and, you know, I think everyone... I, I think what I found most difficult is that once I told people about the pregnancy, you know, their natural reaction is, oh, that's so exciting, you must be so excited, yeah. you must be happy. And I was like, well, I would if if I wasn't feeling so awful and like I'd sit there and be like obviously like I'm over the moon to be pregnant but it's I I can't honestly say that you know I'm excited or I feel happy or anything like that because I I just felt so ill.
0: And would you say you also probably felt then a, a little bit isolated because you're almost it's almost like everyone's having a party on your behalf but you can't be part of it because you're like I just feel awful.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it is very much like that, and I did, you know, I did feel, you know, I did feel quite guilty about it, and also, I think to the point that I was a bit like, well, I'm a midwife, so I I know that, you know, people can feel ill, and I know that people get sickness, and, you know, I know all of that, but at the same time, I I was sitting there thinking, am I supposed to feel like this? Am am I not supposed to be happier than this? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it is very different when you're on the other side of it as well Because theoretically, I know what I know But in practice, I'm a bit like, I don't know if this
0: is okay I was going to say that, actually Because I was thinking, oh, but you're a midwife You must know all the symptoms You must Nothing must, like, worry you But actually, I wonder if it is different when it's happening to your own body And you're not so sure of all the things that you tell other people about, you know
1: Yeah I mean I I think that knowledge wise I've definitely learned a lot but I think it's mainly because I would be messaging my colleagues being like guys have you got other tricks to help with this and they would come up with other things I'd be like oh okay I haven't tried that and yeah I've tried that it's rubbish it doesn't work. (laughs) I would still obviously advise it to people because you know I think it's it's all a bit hit and miss sometimes it works
0: And, I mean, how did you, like, what advice then? I mean, you're obviously over the worst now, and I know it it can't have been easy, but what advice would you give to someone who's really, like, struggling being pregnant and finding it almost kind of isolating because they can't really... speak about it would you say no it is important you must say how you you feel
1: yeah I mean I I definitely think that if you're feeling really overwhelmed and you know you're thinking to yourself I don't think I should feel like this I've got no one to talk to even if you just have one or two you know close friends or family like do talk to them about it because it is okay to say actually I'm not I'm not thrilled. I'm not over the moon. I don't feel good. Um, I think definitely if you're struggling as well, then I would actually always say talk to your GP. So I've, I've spoken to my GP and they've, they've been amazing. I think a lot of, there's a lot of awareness out there about postnatal depression, but actually antenatal depression um, is, a, is a thing as well. Not as common as postnatal, but it does happen. See, um, I have never heard of that. Like, I've never... It,
0: that's like enlightening to me you know I'd never heard of that
1: yeah because I mean don't forget you've got so many hormones rolling rolling around um I think that if you're a person that has a history of any kind of depression or anxiety then statistically you know there is more of a chance of you of you having it again as well um you know and hopefully it'll just be a phase I mean I think I'm lucky mine mine was circumstantial and I knew that I felt bad because I felt ill. Yeah. But it, it and it. Whilst it is normal to feel overwhelmed, I would say you know that actually there are things you can do about it, um, and there is how out there. So you should make sure that, that you you seek it.
0: Yeah. That no. That's really good advice. And and um, I mean, what had been the lovely side like what's been the nice side of your pregnancy if there has been any I mean it's okay if there hasn't been I suppose but has there been any moments where you're like oh this is nice
1: no to to be fair I'm really really enjoying the third trimester so I think feeling the baby move is absolutely the greatest thing in the world and, and I love it and you know she moves all day every day and I'm pretty sure that she's doing gymnastics with my intestines but you know Oh, and she's, she's happy in there and i've really enjoyed that and um yeah that's probably pretty much all i've enjoyed
0: but that that's enough really isn't it because that after going through such a like tough time it's almost like the sm- well it's not a small thing that she's doing gymnastics in there but it's lovely that um you know it's nice to also enjoy your third trimester because that's when i hear most people are like oh get this baby out i
1: know i'm like the complete opposite <laughs> <laughs> you're back to front i know it's almost like the further along i get the more excited i get but then i'm also really excited about the birth and i think up until now aside from the morning sickness and the pelvic girdle pain and the coccyx pain um (laughs) of in one thing after another um i think it's just been so rubbish and actually now that i'm in the third trimester i'm starting to feel so much better and although I'm still being sick and stuff, you, it's a lot less and I'm getting used to it. So now that I can actually um, feel, feel her moving and I've really enjoyed like you know, going out and getting the clothes and the furniture. Oh, and then, that's the best playing music for her, talking to her. So I do feel like I've really started to like up my bonding. Yes, I'm just, I'm just getting actually really excited now for the labour. I'm actually really looking forward to it. See, now that is a statement that I've actually never
0: heard. And I wonder, I mean, we're going to talk about births and we're going to talk about births in terms of you like being a midwife. But I just wonder, are you excited about the labour and the birth because... You've seen so many beautiful ones, or you think because I'm a midwife, I know kind of what's coming. Um, like, is, do you think that's got something to do with
1: it? It's it's definitely the first. Like, I'm I'm really lucky because I think um, so. Where I work, I do a lot of home births and um, birth centres, so everything is you know lovely and low risk. And that's not to say that you know I haven't seen things go awry you know labor is very unpredictable um but i think for me like i'm excited about it because so many people are happy to share their horror stories and no one ever tells you about the good labors and there are so many good labors like there are women out there that genuinely enjoy giving birth because it's the most wonderful powerful experience like every contraction that you have that's your baby getting closer to meeting you. And I'm so excited to meet her, you know, in my head. And I know you said we're going to talk about birth plan. Like, in my head, I've got a very stringent birth plan of what I would like to happen, <laughs> which I know we'll get onto because I'm, you know, I'm well aware that it may not happen like that. But I'm thinking, I'm, trying, I'm thinking positively.
0: Yeah, I, well, I, that I think is really important as well, to to be positive about your birth. Because, and that is really lovely and really true because... You know, um, it is a common thing to hear about birth in a negative way. I mean, obviously, what comes after is so so positive. But even when someone says, "How was the birth?" they say it in that "How was the birth?" as in like, "How was the car crash?" You know, you know, and it, you're, it's like awful, isn't it? Because it's not you. You don't hear enough, so you are almost dreading it because. You think the pain, they, they emphasise the pain. It's actually, every woman will feel pain differently. So I always think that's a bit of an odd thing to say because you're like, well, our pain thresholds are different. Like we, you know, and obviously they have to prepare you. You know, you don't want to go in thinking it's literally like dropping a grape out of there and it just pops out. I I, I understand, but you're. it's lovely to hear that you've witnessed people loving birth and, and that could be the case you know um, Yeah. so on so on to the birth plan because a few people in the in the pre because some of my friends in in the podcast they've said that that is something that is you know given a lot of time your birth plan have your birth plan what do you want start thinking about it even in the books they say like as early as 13 weeks start planning um what is uh, how set should you be on your birth plan and i know you you have it in your heads Oh, I want this. But what what should be your approach really to having a birth plan?
1: So basically don't be set at all on it. <laughs> I think it's great to have one. I think it's a great foundation and a great guideline for how you want things to go. Um, but you do have to be really open-minded because I think one, one of the most difficult things that I see women struggle with is they're so set on what they want to happen that if anything goes awry, which, you know, a lot of the time it may do, um, then the disappointment is, is quite heavy. Um, yeah, I think the main purpose of the birth plan really, from a midwife point of view, is, is actually just to make sure that you know um, every possible situation and outcome. So when, when, as a midwife, when we say to people, have you thought about your birth plan? Although we're saying, you know, what would you like? Would you like a water birth? Would you like to be at home? Would you like to be on the labour board um you know what pain relief do you want etc etc actually what we're really saying is these are your options this could happen that could happen you just need to be aware of all of these different things um and although you know again like like for me personally <laughs> i i've got quite a strict birth plan yeah but i know that actually in reality there's a, there's a very good chance that it, it may not happen. And you just have to be, I think you just have to be aware of that. Yeah. Um, and all of your options. Um And even if, you know, some of the stuff that we talk about is stuff that a lot of women don't want to hear, like... You know, what's going to happen if I end up having to go to hospital or what's going to happen if I end up needing assistance or a cesarean, etc. I think the main thing is, is that you, you know about all of that. So when it's actually happening, um, you're not scared of it.
0: Should you have, you know, two or three birth plans or should you, like you just said, have like maybe your preferences, but be aware of the other options?
1: I think that having your preferences and being aware that it may not go to plan is probably the best way to do things. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of
0: grey area I found with this or a lot. I say grey area. A lot of people that have opinions on on this um, because of maybe their previous experience or whatnot. But you are having your first and you're having a home birth now there's a lot of people that I hear um including myself actually that are like you can't have a home birth for your first you know um what is what would you say to uh, someone who's um having their first and wants a home birth is that absolutely fine
1: yeah go for it I love a home birth (laughs) I think you know it really is personal preference I do find that you know I've you know, I've told my friends and family that I'm hoping to have a home birth and their reaction was pretty much the same as yours. But to me, I, all that says is that I think it's more of a lack of education than anything else. Absolutely, because I... Even when you told
0: me, and and you're a midwife, so I kind of thought, oh, well, you're OK because you're a midwife. But in the moment, you're not going to be delivering your own baby, of course. I mean, that could happen, but I I, I don't think it will, but... I um, associate can't have a home birth with a first. Like, that's what I would think.
1: you you definitely can statistically if you're low risk then actually the safest place for you to have a baby is either at home or a standalone birth center and this is what a lot of people don't understand because they think that actually hospital is the safest place for you statistically as soon as you walk through those hospital doors you have a slightly higher percentage of having medical intervention now for, for some people being in hospital um will be the safest place for them. Um, You know, for some people, if if people are adamant, they're like, you know what, I want all the drugs, I want an epidural, you're not going to sway me, fine. You know, then hospital would be the best place for you. I think that, you know, a lot of people don't realise that actually being at home your body responds better because you're in a comfortable environment Um, when you're comfortable you release more oxytocin you release less adrenaline so in that sense it makes the labor progress better being your first obviously it is a lot more unpredictable so my chances of being transferred into hospital are slightly higher than if it was my second or third But the way I look at it is, well, that's just statistics. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. At least I'm going to do is give it my best shot.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good advice as well, because you read a lot of statistics. And statistics, even though they're very important, can be quite scary. And I think also um, you're not necessarily going to be that statistic. So if you're confident enough and you feel comfortable enough, then, you know, that's really interesting, actually, because I've never looked, I've thought home birth, first baby, what are you doing? And and that's like, obviously, I didn't even know half of what you said there. Like, that's that was new information. So that's really interesting because that would instantly change my mind.
1: Yeah, also, I think a lot of people think if you're at home, you can't have pain relief, um, and that's not the case either. So, for example, I'm going to um, hire a birthing pool um, and... Water, so hydrotherapy, is the first um, line of pain relief um, for labour. You also get gas and air at home as well. And depending on where you are in the country, some home birth teams also offer diamorphine or pethidine at home too. So actually, you know, the only pain relief that you're not getting at home is an epidural. If you're one of those people that you know you definitely don't want that anyway, then you know, you're golden. Have a home birth, yeah. Well, I mean, I am I am swayed,
0: although it's also, like, lack of room. <laughs> although well, you said, you did, yeah, you've said to me before you'd be surprised.
1: You would be so surprised. I cannot tell you the amount of home births that I've done in in very small spaces. Yeah. It's amazing what you can work with. <laughs> well, that
0: is, that is good to know in a one-bed basement flat, actually. Really good to know. Um, I've done... um now let's talk about um something else and it'll be really nice to actually follow up after your birth so we're going to do that because obviously it'll be really I mean fingers crossed everything goes well and you get to have that home birth and it'll be so lovely to hear about it so I've got everything crossed for you I think you I think you'll be fine um a common theme on this this podcast and the thing that's kind of sadly got the most like negative kind of connotations uh, that go with it for mums is and not all mums at all like it's lovely stories um but it's the breastfeeding and it's something that i I I was really naive to thinking it was actually hard work you know I'm I was completely naive, thinking, well, that's just how you feed your baby. You put them on your boob and that's it. And, you know, learning so much from friends and friends that have um, kindly taken part in this podcast have said it's a job, it's hard, it's demanding physically, emotionally. But what a lot of um, my friends, especially Michelle, who was on my podcast a couple of episodes ago, she was saying that it was drummed into her that, you know, breast is best, breast is best, to the point where it affected her mental health. And and one of my other friends also said that they they wish there had been more focus on you know happy mum happy baby rather than breast is best. So I wondered, as a midwife, someone who goes to the houses, follow follows up after birth, helps mums breastfeed. What's your opinion on that? Because I know you've also listened to the previous podcasts.
1: Yeah, this is um, so. This is a tricky one because obviously and I've actually, funny enough, I've just posted post about this um, on my Instagram. So this subject makes me feel really sad because, you know, the message that I see out there is that if you don't breastfeed, um, you're a bad mum, you're not, you're not looking after your baby, you're not doing what's best for your baby. And, you know, whilst it is tricky like there's no denying that i mean some women take to it like a duck to water some women need a little bit of support some women need a lot of support um, i think at the end of the day the most important thing if you're feeding your baby you're doing a good job i think that there is so much pressure um on mums to breastfeed and for some you know for some women either they're unable to or even if they just don't want to that is their choice. And um, from a midwife's perspective, obviously, you know, breast milk is better than formula. You can't deny that. It, it, You know, the benefits to the baby. If you know all of that and you choose not to or, you know, you're unable to, there is no point sitting at home beating yourself up about it. Because, you know, how it affects your mental health is also I would say it's just as important. There's no point having a mum sitting there crying her eyes out because she doesn't want to breastfeed and is made to feel bad about it. I do think that sometimes it may be to do with a lack of support either from midwives, from health visitors, etc. And I think if you really truly want to do it, there should be enough there to help you and for you to access it. But you know what, if you don't want to do it, choice and you shouldn't be made to feel bad
0: for that you're right because your mental health is just as important you can't let that suffer so I really think it you can't be made to feel bad about that that's just the facts and obviously that you know is the case but there's lots of things in life that come with you know warnings health warnings and um I think it's important that you from your point of view as a midwife we hear that because i don't think that's kind of circulated enough
1: yeah i mean i don't want to get myself in trouble here because you know a lot of hospitals are breastfeeding friendly um but i don't know many colleagues that would say you know you should be doing this you should be doing that to the to the point that you know is to the detriment of the women's mental health you know sometimes you know you look at women and you're just like if you don't want to do it no one's going to make you feel bad for that but that's not really the message that always comes across um you know in regards to the difficulty of breastfeeding i think again from our point of view it's There are very few women out there that are actually unable to produce milk. Um, And I think a lot of women do say just, now, oh, I don't have any milk, et cetera, et cetera. And again, I think a lot of it is down to education because milk doesn't come in for three days or so. And if you've got, um, you know, maybe not a very good supply, then usually it's down to position and attachment. Now, I'm not saying that that's always the case. But the majority of the time, that is the case. And that's why I say, you know, if you want to do it, then access the support. There's YouTube videos, there's breastfeeding cafes, there's midwives, there's health visitors, there's lactation consultants. But what I'm saying is if, if, you, if you can't do it or you don't want to do it, you're much better off giving the baby formula than not giving the baby anything. And, you know, I've I've seen women I've seen women before that will sit there crying their eyes out, having not given the baby formula because they're so concerned about, you know, the the effects of it as opposed to breastfeeding, that their baby's so hungry and distressed because it's not had anything. And that's and that's what makes me really sad, because actually you know who, who is this benefiting now it's not benefiting you it's not benefiting the baby you know a happy mum will create a happy baby yeah you know although I talk about the benefits of breastfeeding you know there are pros and cons, there are pros and cons to both
0: yeah I think that's really important I really do think happy happy mum happy baby because also you know I've heard of and, and one of my friends again um, my lovely friend Nadia spoke about it that it, it did stop the bond with her baby and that seems so much more important uh, to me that's my opinion though I think like obviously um people are different people prioritize different and maybe that was never an issue but I think it's really refreshing to hear that from you because it's a comfort really you know and um what I was going to say is, what's your opinion on both?
1: With, with mixed feeding, the issue that you might sometimes have is when the baby has a bottle, it can be harder to get the baby to latch onto the breast because they have nipple confusion um, due to the teat of the bottle. Right. And get some bottles that are more um, breast-shaped that might make it easier. So I think in that regard, like, it can be a bit more challenging. Um, at the same time... You have to think about what you want to get out of it. Do you want to be able to sleep for six hours a night? Do you want your partner to be able to feed as well? Um, I think that if the baby is getting breast milk and you're supplementing with a little bit extra, the baby's still getting the breast milk. It's like women that have difficulty with breastfeeding, if you're expressing and giving them the milk in a bottle it's still expressed breast milk it's still the same thing if you want to give the baby a little bit of formula for whatever reason it's an, it's your choice it's entirely up to you whatever you decide to do if you if you've had all the information it's your choice and as midwives and health professionals we should be supporting your choice
0: that's a really important kind of way to round that up because the problem is that i see it says I mean, there is a lot on the benefits of breastfeeding, and I think that's the biggest stress on the the mum that's finding it hard because you would feel like a bad mum. You can say you shouldn't, you absolutely shouldn't. You are feeding your baby, and you're like a hero for what for you know bringing it into the world. But you are. I know from how I would feel. You think, oh, all those health benefits, and and I didn't. I you know, but. It's so important that you are feeding them.
1: The, the thing is, you can only do your best. You can only do what you can do, and you can't do more than that. And sitting around beating yourself up about all the things that you're not doing isn't going to isn't going to get you anywhere.
0: Yeah. Do you find that with a lot of mums? Do you find that that's something that um, you find straight after they've had a baby is just The guilt of not knowing if they're doing all the right things
1: I wouldn't say that it's the guilt I'd say that a lot of new mums have a little bit more anxiety I think that again like it's not always so much an issue for what I've come across, but then I also give people breastfeeding support. So, you know, if a woman says to me like oh, I'm having difficulty with this, that or the other, then I'll sit with her, I go through it with her, I give her reading material, I give her YouTube videos. Like, we make sure that, really, before a before mum is discharged from the hospital, feeding should be well-established, um, you know, I feel like once you give that support then mums are usually a lot more confident with it and if they're not then you know we'll go back and we'll do it some more and we keep doing it until until we get it right
0: yeah so I think it's also important to say and I know again sadly some people have felt this that there is help out there there you know and even Nadia said like get the support if it's if it's something that you want to persevere with because it's right for you and i think it's important to say if it's right for you um there is the the support out there which i didn't really realize you know i didn't know you could get a lactate i don't even know what it was a consultant you said
1: awesome yeah
0: a lactation consultant there you go like learning new things all the time but it is interesting because um you almost think, if I can't do it, I can't do it. So it's it's good to know that if you are struggling, don't beat yourself up because it is something that you can find help with. And if you still choose no, that's also okay.
1: Yeah, I mean... sometimes really legitimate reasons for why people can't do it I know I said earlier that you know a lot of women say poor milk supply and although that is sometimes the case it isn't usually but even things like you know the baby having tongue tie or if you have flat or inverted nipples or the baby doesn't have a very good suckling reflex then these are all legitimate reasons about why you may be having difficulty with it. So, you know, you may think like, oh no, I just I can't do it. But actually there may be a reason why it's not working. But yeah, no, I like you're absolutely right. If you if you don't want to do it, then you know, don't do it. Look, at the end of the day, it's your baby. You know, I listened to your first podcast and your friend said, I can't believe they didn't make me sign anything when they left the hospital. You know, no one's gonna come knocking down your door because you haven't breastfed. You might get a few midwives and, and health visitors make comments, but then they're not very helpful. So...
0: Yeah, so actually, what would you say to... Like, when you hear, you know, my friend um, found that her health visitor was wouldn't even talk about formula. Like, I just feel like that can't be very helpful.
1: Honestly, I would ask to see somebody else. And, you know, I've joined... I'm, I'm on quite a lot of different forums for, you know, parenting groups, first-time mums, that kind of thing. And, you know, it, it does kind of like, hit me in the heart a little bit when I read you know everyone's saying like i had the worst midwife appointment and my midwife was horrible and all of this sort of thing because I sit in there and I think no midwives don't give us a bad name like you know
0: <laughs> yeah I, you're I a good that, one you're a good one I mean
1: I don't, I don't think that's always the case but I would always say to people if you're not happy with your midwife if you're not happy with your doctor if you're not happy with your health visitor you are well within your rights to say I would like to see somebody else and they, they have to find you somebody else to see because you need to consent to everything if you don't consent to being looked after by a particular midwife or a particular health visitor they have to find you someone that that you will get on better with and you know obviously it is very difficult at the moment with short staffing and all of that kind of thing but it's you know you're not you're not going to gel with everybody and this is such an important stage of your life you need to be able to have a midwife or a health visitor that you can trust and you feel supported with. And if you don't feel like that, then get somebody else.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice. Because I think as well, I know I would feel like this. You almost think, oh, I'm lumbered with this. I'm stuck with this. I had this awful experience. And my sister actually, who didn't mention it um, on her podcast, had a very, very like traumatic health visitor. Um, and she ended up writing a letter later on and and it, you know they apologize but you're right like it should have been a case of no this is too important in my life right now for this not to be okay i i don't want this your care and change it so i think that's that's um really good advice to know because a lot of people i don't think including myself would just think no she just wasn't it wasn't very nice but that's just the way it is cuz that's not the case
1: i think the general mentality is a lot of people don't realize that they've got rights um a lot of people think it's almost like a bit like a policing state you go into the hospital and say well the doctor said I have to do this or the midwife said I have to do that actually you don't have to do anything you don't want to do as health professionals we're there to recommend things for you based on evidence-based research and we will recommend what we think is best for you if you don't want to do that that is still your choice
0: yeah okay that's really important as well i think because because actually um and we talked about this before is that you can you might be really against something personally you know in your birth or something and people will or health visitor will rightly so maybe recommend why you shouldn't do that but actually if that's going to distress you so much or whatever you you do still have that right but it's hard to believe sometimes because you do feel like if a doctor's told me or a midwife's told me it has to be right but i think it's important to know that in anything i mean we're not talking serious things obviously um but it is important that you know that you you do have rights
1: um and again the thing is i think it all comes back to education and i think a lot of people either don't want to do things or aren't sure about things just because they're unaware of it you know i've had women you know say to me like i don't want to do this and i don't want to do that but actually if i sit and take the time to explain to them why we recommend it, it's not just we recommend you do this you have to say to people why do you recommend you do that what's the rationale behind it what's the, what's the risks if, if you don't do it and then people can make an informed choice you're not making an informed choice if you don't have the information in the first place yeah so,
0: how would you say to someone like, what would you suggest to like a new mum, or even, you know, a mum to be about getting that education, that like antenatal classes or online?
1: yeah i mean i uh, i love antenatal classes especially for first-time mums um i think that they're really important i think a lot of women may think that they go to them just so that um they can meet other people but actually we cover a lot of information so we would go through things like you know um what to expect in labor different methods of pain relief it's almost like the birth plan like what are all the different directions things can go in we look at breastfeeding and we look at how to look after a newborn baby after the after the delivery you know they they are incredibly thorough um you know if you don't want to go to physical classes or you you don't excuse me reflex <laughs> <laughs> you don't have time to go to them. You know, there's so much stuff out there: YouTube videos, books, um, articles. Ask your ask your friends that have had babies. Um, you know, even afterwards, go to a mom and baby group. I mean, personally, that you know, this is my first baby. I'm pretty much set for the first five weeks. That's my period of work. After that, I haven't got a clue. I had to buy a book called Week by Week, which is basically a manual on how to keep the baby alive.
0: So, <laughs> it's not I, a bad shout though is it it's because no, it, it is
1: a, really an important role like oh so i have to do that i went to aldi this morning to get nappies and i had to take photos and send them to my friends and be like what is the difference of all of these why are they packets?"
0: i don't even get me started on, on the sizes of things it's just it's but you're right like read, read like read the book to read online educate yourself i suppose but um yeah um Anna you've been awesome thank you for not only sharing like personal stuff but also professional stuff which is like it's pretty rare so that is awesome so thank you so much um I'm definitely having you back on because we're gonna have to you know all our like hopes and fingers crossed for a home birth and it all goes well but um
1: open-minded and positive
0: <laughs> open-minded and positive exactly um also before before I say goodbye to you um you do have a new instagram account which um i follow and i actually i'm not just saying this because i'm you know in front of you and um, it's amazing and it shares lovely pictures and it is obviously really informative as well so plug 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 what's your instagram
1: thank you very much appreciate that always good to have a fan on board um so yeah i basically just set it up um so that I have something to do whilst I'm home and on maternity leave um so it's called your personal midwife so it's your underscore personal underscore midwife and I'm basically using it at the moment just to um share education hints and tips uh, that kind of thing and I'm honestly like I love doing it and there's some really beautiful birth photography on there as well um And I like to think that I'm touching upon the stuff like your podcast that people don't always talk about, like you know hemorrhoids and all those lovely things that no one really wants to know about. Lovely, no, I mean, (laughs) but it's important.
0: That's the whole point, isn't it? It's not it's not talked about enough. So, um, and I can vouch for that actually because it's the first time I'd read about it, and now I know. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to plug it as well in my Instagram and and you know in the link to this podcast, but. Um, Anna, thank you so much
1: You're very welcome, thanks for having me